Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've we've got Michael Sequella coming on. He's done some great things out there, doing some great things. He's an actor, director, producer, and writer. So he's done it all within the um, entertainment world. We're excited to talk about him, a little bit of the story. We even got a trailer clip uh, we're going to play a little bit later in the show, too, for you. So we're excited about all this. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure having you on. It's funny. Uh, you know, my wife is with our little one, and, a lot, and I still always say what I'm so used to saying, Chris and Sandy with the Chris and Sandy show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just, uh, but so um, I always like to start out the same on each episode because it's been tough in the, for the entertainment industry right now. Um, how has COVID affected what you do? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? Well, we were in pre-production on a movie called Class Calling when everything broke loose back in March. So wow. we shut but Arizona, we were in Arizona, and because Arizona opened up, one of the first ones opened up, we were able to go back to work. And then we got a hold of the Screen Actors Guild, and we worked out a program <laughs> to all these protocols in place, safety things for COVID. So we had to go through a lot of hoops to get it going. And what we did was, you know, we had to have COVID stations everywhere, cleansing stations, washing hands. We had to have sanitizers. We had to wipe everything down and only no more than 10 people per area. So if you were on the camera, it could only be the camera guys, the director and the actors. Props wow. could, you know, everybody had different areas to work at. And we followed it and we did it. And, you know, as far as writing or producing from the office, we only we went down to a small crew. You know, everybody wears masks. Everybody washes their hands. We have sanitizer uh, dispensers and bottles everywhere in the office and wherever we were. Every table you went to, we had all kinds of cleaning stuff. So, and we're still doing the same thing. You know, we're hoping for the, the to work with the vaccine now that I want to get ready to do another show, but it's really yeah. with this COVID thing, pain in the butt. And, uh, and, you know, you say in Arizona is one of the first to open up. Here in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, we were the guinea pigs. We were the first to open back up. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and I remember so many people got so upset on, on that, and we're still open, so... <laughs> yeah. and they're making all kinds of movies over there <laughs> so um when did you you know a lot of people though ask when did you know you wanted to be an actor producer and all that but i like to always take it one step further um when did it click that the entertainment world could be a career for you i would say um i got an assistant backstage manager job and i ran spotlights at a dinner theater in new york and all the stars would come through. <clears throat> so you'd sit there and watch Shirley McLean, Raquel Welch. You know, um, so many big-time actors came through. Uh, Frankie Valley, Jerry Vale, you meet them all, Martin. And I'm sitting back there as a kid, 15-year-old kid running spotlights back then. Oh, wow. Wow, I want to be like these guys. But that way, it, it, you know, it was good. I wanted to do it. I met a lot of them. I kept asking them, how do I make it? How do I get it? And they don't really give you the time of day. But we yeah. were mother and you know we, my mom and dad well, we go on vacation all the time so they said where do you guys want to go and we picked california this time my two brothers and i and i wanted to go to hollywood i went to hollywood it was dirty i saw the stuff I'm like oh 
downtown LA and Hollywood just wasn't really what I thought it was. I mm. wanted stars, lights, camera, <laughs> see that. I saw a busy city, a lot of buses, but my dad had to go to La Jolla. So we went down to La Jolla, California by San Diego. And there it was. Everything I wanted to see there on the street. They had oh, wow. Brought big production. The movie was called Lucky Lady Lucky Lady with Burt Reynolds, Liza Minnelli, and Gene Ackman. And back then, security wasn't sure. like today. So I was able to skirt around and get in there. And I saw people getting autographs. And I went up to Burt Reynolds, who hadn't really, he started to hit it, but he wasn't huge, huge. It was big, but no Smoking the Bandit, no Hooper. None of those movies were out. And uh, I went up to him, and he said, "You want my autograph, kid, or whatever?" And I said, "No, actually, I want to know how to get started. I want to be <laughs> like you. I want to be a star." And he goes, "Listen, I'll give you sixty seconds, and follow your dreams. You got to, you know, reach for the stars." And I went, "Huh?" I'm looking up. What are you talking about? I can't get to the stars because I'm a kid. I don't know what you're talking about. You got to harness a feeling. I'm thinking, harness a horse. What do you? I mean, you <laughs> putting a saddle on a horse. Finally, he said, is there anything in life that you want to do that you really, really, really want to do that's just driving you bananas? I said, yeah, I want to get my driver's license. I'm a couple months away from taking the test. That's the feeling. I said, what? And then I got it. He said, harness that feeling, follow your dreams, never give up, <clears throat> and you'll get it, kid. Now I got to go. And he left. And that's what really pretty much did it for me. It's oh, wow. That he gave it to me. And of course, when you do your first movie and the camera's rolling and they call action, you're nervous as all heck and you're shaking like it's your... <laughs> And you do the scene, and then boom, it's in your veins, it's in your blood, it's over with. It's <laughs> Hopefully, that helped you with your answer. And you know, that's how I feel about this show. I remember the very first show we did back in January 2000, um, 2020. Um, I remember being so nervous and so this, not, not knowing if we could pull this off. That. Back then, it was just audio, we didn't do video, we just started video a couple months ago. But, um, I was so nervous and I remember, you know, I told my wife that um, I don't have a problem talking. If there's dead air, I can make up something, not a big deal. <laughs> so I don't have a problem there, um, <laughs> but the technology, I don't have, you know, I don't have control over like what we just experienced before the show. You know, I don't have control over that. And that was my big fear. And I remember um, all of a sudden, we get in about two, three minutes into the interview and for our very first interview. And I, it went out. The technology went out. And all of a sudden my wife comes running in because she's in one room on the other room on the phones. And um, what happened? I love. Then Ashlyn, who's interviewing, texts me, what happened? I don't know. And then all of a sudden we all called back into the system. It worked and I finished it. But I remember at the end of it, when we got off, I knew then this is what I wanted to do. And we've, and we've done over 300 shows in the first year. All right. <laughs> so hopefully we can match. We're planning on matching that this year. And that's kind of a little bit of a COVID story because when, when, you know, our original plan was a hundred interviews and when COVID happened, I told Sandy, this is our year to shine. And that's what we did. We just went all out giving um, entertainment people a place to talk, rant, whatever. And because of that, we're over 300 shows. Congratulations. We, pre we appreciate that. Um, now, you were speaking of making it. 
I like to talk about the dirty side of it, as so to speak. You know, the side that nobody talks about. The side where, you know, you know, a lot of people, they see the Brad Pitts, the glory of Angelina Jolie, the glory of Pretty Woman. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not to just to get their level, but even a career level within the entertainment world. And I always want to talk about that because nobody else does the sacrifice side. And I'm going to tell a quick story that kind of helped guide us where I want this to go. And, and this is a music story. But it goes, it fits perfect with the acting world too. But we interviewed a girl named Allison Steele back in 2014. And her and her daughter were full-time with music. I remember asking her what advice she'd give an up-and-coming artist. I'll never forget what she said. She said, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep this as a hobby. She goes, the moment you want it to be a career, you no longer own your own life. Everybody owns a piece of it. Your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to, to holidays, to weekends. But you, when you're in that grind mode, you've got to say no to everything. And you know, you don't. And, and when a gig comes and you you don't want to cancel it once you've got it. So and people don't understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice because you know they have to kind of give you up to the world, so to speak. <laughs> and then she said, but. If you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of the industry. A lot that was I just. So start. I'm gonna start. She's got some great points. But, you know, she's also that's her. It's other people's opinion. To get, a, to get a career in show business, uh, to be able to pay your bills, is seven years. When I first went out there, all the big producers and directors told me, Mike, you got to spend seven years to make an okay living. Wow. 99.9% .9 of people that never make the Brad Pitt level. It's very, mm -hmm. very rare. You got to be lucky. There's something. It's always, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, it's like, if you're like, if you look like Brad Pitt, and you walk in and there's a bunch of guys, but you're out shining them all, they're gonna go with you. When I audition movies and I bring people in, I I go for a look or a feel. So mm -hmm. I'm a great actors that I like, but I'm not looking for those actors. I gotta yeah. get them. So what she said is great for a hobby. You're never gonna make it. If you're gonna do it as a hobby, you know, no, no, I think you misunderstood what I said. She said that if you know, that um, she was basically saying that not to be a hobby. She goes, if you're going to make it, it can't be a hobby. You've got to be all in. She, you know, and that, that was the whole point of what she was saying. Oh, okay. I got you. But that's just right. You got to do it. <clears throat> you got to eat, drink, sleep, movie. Every day of your life, every minute of your life, you got to be if you want to make it. And, yep. and you're absolutely right. Privacy has gone. Your life is absolutely gone. It's not like it was. When you were a construction worker or a plumber and you get to go home with the family on a weekend, you do barbecues, is great. That's gone because everybody wants you. Everybody wants to do stuff. Everybody's your best friend, but they're really not your best friend. There's <laughs> so many phony balonies out there as you're working, but you got to work hard and you can never forget it. And if you don't work at your craft, if you don't go to actors' workshops, if you're not writing all the time, you're never going to really succeed unless you get lucky and you get that one big break. But you got to, like she said, you got to go in. I always say, never quit, never give up, follow your dreams. And 
keep pushing. No matter how many times you fall, you got to get up. If you're down, yeah. down and you're crying, you got to get up. Forget about it. Go to sleep. It's over with. Wake up in the morning with a positive attitude and go for it again. Something's going to happen. If you keep trying, you're going to go. You feel like you get hit by a truck or a train when they tell you, oh, you're too small, you're too fat, you're too short. You can't listen to anybody. You got to go. Most people can do a pretty good career. There's so much work now in all the cable companies and all the streaming companies, the Netflix, the Amazons, all oh, Voodoo, Hulu. There's so much work. Everybody, wow. you, even if you got a crooked nose, wait a minute, let me straighten my <laughs> even, even if you got rotten teeth or you're missing an arm, there's work for everybody. You got to go. You can't quit. It's more than being all in. I'm talking, you got to eat, breathe, sleep, and dream your craft. That's you know, that's just. That's just like with this show here. Um, of course, right at this point, we're not at the point where we make money with the show. So it's, but we're all in. I mean, we we've done three hundred shows. We you know we probably put 40, 60 hours a week in to the show um, without making money. You know, not knowing when it's going to make money. But we and but what we've done though is we've created a foundation where our guests are getting bigger that are coming on. So even though we're not seeing the money side yet, we're seeing the growth side, which then gives us hope that, you know what, that side's coming. We just got to keep plugging away and keep pounding it and keep grinding it and keep pitching people and different people. And one day we know that it's all going to come together for us for the show. And we'll be a Bobby Bones or a Ty Bentley or a Ryan Seacrest or any of those out there, but as a couple. <laughs> Yeah, already married. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad you hit it the way you did, though, because, again, I think I want people to know that although it looks easy and you see the glory, you don't see the sacrifice that people make, whether they're an actor, a producer, a musician. It does, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a career, if you're paying your, if you make a living full time in any of those things, you have paid a hefty price. Agreed. And, and it seems like, you know, you know, we have done many different things in our 18 years of marriage. And I've noticed that of all the different things I've seen out there, it seems like the entertainment world is the hardest to make it in. <laughs> Well, if you want to make it in front of the camera or as a director, it's really, really tough. As far as making it, I mean, you can be a grip electrician. You can work props, makeup. You got a good shot at having a great career in that. But if you want to be, oh, wow. one, you want to be one of the keys in the movies, it's real tough. And yeah. you got to be talented, but you also need to know people. It's not how talented you are, who you know. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I always like to take it one step further. It's not even just who you know, but it's who knows you. Because you can know them, but if they don't remember you, it's still a no-go. <laughs> so, you know, I always kind of joke about that. And now that we talked about the sacrifice side, let's go the other way and talk about the glory side and talk about the highlights of your career. And let's talk about the dream round first. I'm going to play a clip. And then we're going to, of, of that movie. And then we're going to come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Fifteen years ago, Joe Bona could have been a pro golfer. Five years in a row you won the local cup. 
Congratulations. <laughs> and then tragedy struck and he lost his family. Ah! Oh, you're dead. Guys, settle down. Come on, let me see that. Without my family, what difference does it make at all? Joe gave up on life. Rise and shine, let's go. You, my friend, are going to compete in the Arizona Open. I don't play golf anymore. Oh. He's into it. You've been rushing every single hole, okay? You got to line it up, make sure you got to line it up. Let me do this. Okay, do it. Hi, Mr. Bonham. How are you today? Same as I was yesterday, and last week, and last month. Why do you keep asking? Sarah, I don't get what you find so interesting about that man. I don't think he has any family, Grandma. Life was lonely until... Joe, right? Have we met? Jennifer. Well, I'm interested in someone. You see that guy over there? That's the guy you got to put your sights on. He's the course pro. Once you beat him, you're going to be ready for the Janney King Arizona Open. I'll play you 18 holes. I'll give you 13 strokes. If you win, I'll give you 10 grand. Uh, do you use a putter or a three-wood? This is the real world, okay? Don't you want it anymore? Why are you doing this to me? But you know what, kid? From now on, you and I are old friends. But then, a miracle happened. But Mr. Bona, guess who has the hots for you? The hots? Who? She's perfect for you. I'm kind of old. What kind of date you're expecting, huh? Date? I have no idea. A 10-year-old kid, a waitress, and a retired golfer convinced Joe to golf once more. This year, I am going to give your father the best Christmas gift ever. You don't need to keep slaving over this job. If that's write a book, then write a book. If it's playing golf, then become a pro. Love it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> Dream Round opened November 10th, worldwide, 63 countries, pretty much digital format you could imagine. From Redbox Digital to PlayStation, Xbox, Google Play, Amazon Prime, we're everywhere. Um, it opened in theaters back uh, right when COVID started. We had to pull it. We were getting right open a bunch of screens. And mm. But it's doing really well, you know, the reviews, it's like I'm getting some really, really good reviews and better than my last film before that. The women, people are writing that it's a family film. One lady wrote that she started watching it with her husband. She had a tear, she had goosebumps and a full-blown crying. She thought I was amazing, the cast was amazing, what, oh, what a great film. And she posted everywhere what a great film it was. So yeah. That film, but as far as doing the picture, you know, I wanted to do a golf movie. I've always wanted to do a Karaki movie, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a boxer. <laughs> you know, I did a, a movie about a place kicker back in 1988 called Second Chance, but didn't go anywhere. So this oh. was when I worked with Richard Rico from 21 Jump Street. We're friends, and he's the nemesis in the movie where I have to, you know, I got to take him out. If I can beat him, then I can make the pro the, the open. It took a while. 2007, we shot some footage. We had a company out of New York that was going to fund it for a lot of money. We were looking at Morgan Freeman to play the ghost. Oh, wow. Uh, fell through, but we shot some footage for a teaser, which is in the film. 
So some of that footage for me, a lot younger and a lot heavier is now in the picture that we shot in 2019. <laughs> and, you know, and I wrote it, I had another local female writer in Arizona help me clean it up. And we did a, she did a great job and we came up with a project that everybody likes. It's really clean. I mean, I had a Hispanic, a, a gangbanger, you know, a, a gang member tattoos all the way down the neck <laughs> and he writes what a wonderful film my mother wow. and I, did, I almost taught, cried and i don't cry i recommend this film to everybody and this is a guy that you know that's a roughneck and when you <laughs> see, you see stuff like that like, we're on to something you know yeah. it was we shot in the middle of the summer 110 112 should i do golf scene we had a shutdown early a couple days the cameraman passed out diabetic <laughs> fell over backwards the camera lens on top of them, you know. But wow. Yeah, it was it was tough. The golf was fun. The acting was great. The crying scenes that I had, I have two of them. You know, it was it wasn't tough, but I really got into it. The little actress in it, Alexa, is great, great little actress. So everybody's like they like the acting, they like the film. So it's out. It's cute. I highly recommend it. I love that. And we're gonna have to go watch it now because I just with that clip. It was like, I can tell it's definitely an emotional thing. And I, I, I love the stories where you about lost the doll and you make that comeback. And, you know, who doesn't love a story like that, right? Yeah, well, the wife. And the you, underdog. Yeah, the other one. My family was killed on, on Christmas Eve. And I'm 15 years later, I'm in a trailer park. I'm a bum. And a waitress, a 10-year-old girl, and a ghost make me play golf again. So it, <laughs> they lift me. And it's like Paulie. From Rocky and Paulie, it's like Paulie and the girlfriend. It's like you know, same thing, kind of, but not really. Totally different. But it's still yeah. my it's my wife, who a widow, who channels herself through a, a golfer that passed away many years ago, who somehow they're able to come back, and only I can see him. You'll see it. In the movie. People don't get it till almost the end. Oh, wait a minute! It's like <laughs> it is. It ends just like Field the Dream, and people oh, cry. Wow. My mom crying. She had a box of tissue. I'm like. What's going on? Where are all these women crying for? <laughs> and we pulled off. We pulled off in a nice emotional movie. Wow. Because I'm one of the guys that I get emotional on. I could watch a Hallmark commercial and get emotional. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, good. It's on Amazon. <laughs> rent it for $3.99. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are a few other moments you know, that you look back on your career like, wow, that happened, or wow, I got to do that. Well, <clears throat> I went to Los Angeles to be an actor. Well, actually, I was in school, Arizona State, playing baseball, and I got, I met a girl, fell in love, of course, my first kind of like real love. I mean, not high school, but and she was in wardrobe. And she was an artist, and she was doing wardrobe for the play. She got, they got a call, Arizona State got a call. It was a Western being made out in a wild west town called Apache Land Movie Ranch. Where the last movie was made, there was a villain with Kurt Douglas and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But the movie Char was made out there with, with wow. Elvis Presley and John Wayne and Ronald Reagan. They all were. So they're doing this movie called Frank Coles in Town. And mm -hmm. a good girl's name is Kim. She said, hey, Michael, you got to get on this show. They're looking for a kid, an 18-year-old kid to ride with the gang. So Frank Cole, this gang, robs a bank in El Gordo, New Mexico, and they're hanging out in a small town in Arizona, and he's shot, and he's dying. And their kid, they're picking us off one at a time. I'm the second guy to die in the movie at the end. I, always, I got, they wouldn't interview me. Vern, Vern Keel or whatever his name was, was a director, did all his westerns. Wow. 
finally I got an interview and he hired me on the spot because I was an actor. <laughs> I was acting in plays and I was stand-up comics, so it was easy for me. Nailed it. He goes, you know, I'm tired of looking. You got it. And I did the film. Everybody on the set said, you got to move to L.A. So I went to L.A. and I'm on a couch with my buddies. And he has a dog. He's a dog trainer and he has dogs in movies, animals in movies. So he's going over to meet Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Zemeckis directed uh, Back to the Future, Forrest Gump. Wow. Anyways, so we're going over to meet him to get this dog in a movie called Used Cars. They shot in Arizona with Kurt Russell and Jack Warden. So they're pre pre production for that, but right now they're getting ready to film a movie called 1941 with John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Robert Stack, John Candy. I mean, everybody's in this film, and it's a 40 million dollar picture, Universal Columbia comic animation film, wow. and uh, shooting in the back lot of Universal. Sorry about that. And we go. To, I can't get in. He only has a walk on pass, not a drive on pass, at the Burbank Studios, which used to be Warner Brothers in Columbia. Well, it's not just Warner Brothers. So he says to me, Michael, I've done this before. He shows me a spot with a tree where you can shimmy up, jump the fence, and get in. So I jump the fence, I get in, and I land, and I see a couple of guys. Like, oh, you're funny, man. Are you here? <laughs> what are you here for? I go, oh, I'm here for, I'm an actor. I'm, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm here. I'm here in an acting job. I'm with my buddy. We're going to audition, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Come here, come here. They take me, and there's this huge room, and I got army outfits and people everywhere, and they introduce me to the casting director, and they go, look, give this guy a job. He hopped the fence. Oh, wow. Give him something. So I said, give us, like, give me one line to read. So I read like one line. I don't even remember what it was. It was something stupid. All right, you <laughs> got it. So if you watch the movie 1941, mm-hmm. the big fight scene, if John Belushi's landing the plane, there's a fight scene. about Street uh, Williams hates eggs. Bobby DeChico and Perry Lang are cooking in the kitchen. They come out, they get hit. The eggs land on the guy's uniform. He gets pissed off. Fight breaks out. I'm at the counter. I get my head in the soup. And I go, oh, no. <laughs> I got my union card and my glasses were covered in pea soup. And I got to work the whole movie because it was a SAG film and they needed army guys. So we worked on Hollywood Boulevard. We were back. Oh, my God, it was great. But because of that, I was able to get to work with Belushi, John Candy, and Dan Aykroyd. But, you know, you don't really work with them. You do. But, we, you know, you see them, but you're not really with them because we were so many army guys. We were featured extra, but we, it was my first real role. Then I got to work. I got Robert Zemeckis. Well, I just, uh, Spielberg directed that movie. And Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, was directing Used Cars. And I got to be Jack Warden standing, and I had a small role in it. And I got to work three months back in Arizona. Just left them back again. Wow. And I got to meet with, you know, hang out. Kurt Russell and I threw the baseball every day because I was a ball player. He was a ball player. So, you know, some stuff like that, you know, and after that, I get Jack Warden took me under his wing. I got to work with Bernard Hughes. I got a lot of films. I met Tom Bosley, Mr. C.A., Mr. Cunningham, Mr. C. <laughs> I got to meet him. I, I was at Asner's son in a movie called O'Hare's Wife. We hung out. I you know, we had Ed Asner on the show. Yeah, I saw that Ed, I, Ed, in a movie called O'Hare's Wife. And then I also, I, I kind of like dated Jodie Foster. And everybody says to me, oh, <laughs> you're the one she switched. She went to the other side. No, it isn't. <laughs> we were kids. We were on diet. We were both losing weight. We'd go out. And I remember her mother. I'm all excited. I'm with Jodie Foster. I'm kissing her. I'm holding her hand. And I remember going to dinner somewhere in Beverly Hills, and we got bouillabaisse soup. I don't know what it was. And the mother called me a Neanderthal and told her she's got to get away from me. But I made the front <laughs> cover. Made the front cover of the, of the Inquirer back then. Because I was sitting in the projector's chair with her, and the mm. pop 
your get back. I don't know who I was. They took a picture of us together. I was like whispering in her ear, and it looked like I was hugging her. And they go, I'm the reason why Hinkley shot the president. <laughs> I got impressed. And the, and the, you got to ask, you gotta, if you ever get Ed back on again, you got, he, uh, we were sitting on our chairs under the trees at University of Southern California, USC. And he's uh -huh. got, so I go and I get this 22-year-old, I bring her over, and they're talking, they're flirting. He takes her to the trailer. He goes, look, a lady's coming by, a well-dressed a well lady's my agent. You can tell her where I'm at. He's in the trailer, 15 minutes go by. Here comes a lady in a gray suit, pantsuit, nice lady. She goes, have you seen that answer? I said, oh, yeah, he's in his trailer. Which one? I sure. She goes over there. She bangs on the door, she opens up. He's got his pants down and everything. He got caught red-handed with a kid. And that way, <laughs> you go back, and if you could find it, you'll see it says fellow actor from the movie O'Hara's Wife, Rats on Ed Asner. And they got divorced because of that. So I made oh, it wow. like two weeks in a row. But I mean, you know, I got me, I mean, I got to work with Burt Reynolds. I finally got to work with him. We became great friends. His son quit and tried to date my daughter. I had the hots for my daughter, Samantha. And I worked with <laughs> Rosia, Charles Gurney, Rocco Welch, and met Candace Bergen. I mean, when she was younger, so uh -huh. great people. I worked with James Russo in a film. Burt Young from Pauly played my uncle. Wow. Russo, Academy Award winning, I mean, Academy Award nominee from Donnie Brasco. I work with so many great actors. So what I, surprised you the most through your career? What surprised me? Uh, how about piss me off? No, um, <laughs> well, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ted Swanson, he passed away uh, a while back. Ted produced Rocky, Caddyshack, Lucky Lady, Witness, with Harrison Ford, Master Appeal with Jack. He did that movie, My Father the Hero, with Gerard. D. Bardu, whatever the name is, uh, and um, the girl from Grey's Anatomy, the blonde who became a big star. Anyway, so Ted, what surprised me was Ted said, hey, Michael, they're going to make the movie Wired. I do a John Belushi show, The Blues Guys. The mm -hmm. legend concert in Vegas for eight years on the main stage in, in Imperial Palace doing The Blues Guys. But before then, I didn't even know I wanted that role. It was Bob Woodward's book, Wired. They made a script and they were getting ready to do it. But he called me up and said, I think I can get you the role. And, oh, wow. and I auditioned seven times. He calls me up. I wasn't feeling good. I was laying down. I thought I had the flu or something. He calls me and says, guess what? We're going to give you the role. So oh, I was, wow. was going to play that role. But then they got sued. Judy Belushi, her husband, Victor Paisano, Universal. They sued the production company because they didn't like the way the script was. Got shut down. They lost the funding. Two years huh. later, Peter's. Uh, Barbara Streisand's uh, ex-husband, director. Mm. He did. He did. Uh, he did the movie um, Animal House. Anyway, so he's doing the film. He got the rights. He raised eighteen million from a logging company down in New Zealand, and they started the picture. But he didn't want to go with a lookalike or someone that was like. So he wanted to go different. He got Michael Chiklis, and look how big he is. The commish. He was the big stone guy in the Fantastic Four, and his career is on fire. I lost out. But when I got that call, that surprised the heck out of me because I never thought I could do something like that. Wow. I love that. I love hearing the stories. <clears throat> now, as you know, um, a lot of people, they see the actors, artists, all that, but they don't see the teams behind them. And in my humble opinion, the teams don't get the love that they deserve. But on our show, they do. So if you want to take a couple minutes just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. 
uh, well, I could thank my plumber, my uh, electrician, my shoe repair guy, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot the guy that hems my pants, the uh, my tailor. No. no, you mean my agents and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, you got you got people that support you that write projects for you, writers and stuff like that. You know, a shout out to Don and a couple of people. But I, uh, I'm with the Chasing Agency, Tom Chasing. And if you look up, he's big time. He handles some major, major stars. So he's my agent. My manager is Paul Addis. Paul, um, he manages directors and producers only. My press agent who hooked us up, uh, the Cats Agency. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, uh, the Cats Agency, Jessica, Malena, and uh, Melody, and um, Sarah from uh, the Cats Agency. They're great. They're really good. They, I'm probably too old. Yeah, they keep us busy. Yeah, they, they uh, when we first talked way back when I started with them, like, you're not really our type. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't fit in with us. And, uh, they handle a lot of young guys. They got the kid from uh, the Goldbergs, been on your show, mm -hmm. uh, Hopkins, and they got a lot of great looking younger people. They got the kid from Cobra Kai, but then they got me. You know, <laughs> I'm older. That time's up. We got to go. Thanks for knowing you. See you <laughs> that cell phone. I forgot to hit do not disturb on the cell phone. They're great. And I, I talked. Jennifer, sorry, Jessica into taking me. Oh, wow. The reason being is that was, I really was impressed what they were doing and how they were moving their people and how much work, even though they weren't getting the big NBC, ABC, so the big, big five shows, they were still getting their people work. They were getting a lot of yeah. local shows. And I said, you know what? I want to be with these guys. So I called her up and I talked her into it. They didn't talk me into it. So, and then yeah. it worked out. At the beginning, I was kind of a prick. You know, it was a little rough on them because I'm a New York Italian, Italian from New York. How you doing? So coffee over there, what? Eh? So, and then we meddled down and they've been getting me a lot of stuff. I did 40 wow. or 50 shows in a couple of months promoting this movie. So my shout out to my agent. My What's that? Just a little, that was the, somebody left a message. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Other people out there that help me, like Richard Grieco is a good friend. He supports me and pushes me a little bit. Um, so I don't know who else you want me to shout out to. I got a crew when I work. I got a production team and producer team, and and you know the girlfriend helps a lot. She supports me a lot, and we oh, got, wow. got some people, got some really talented people in Arizona that can make film. Not a lot. There's a few. <laughs> that, most of the people I work with come from Los Angeles, but. I could be on the phone all day. Let me pull up my list of everybody I work with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we've got a third co-host ourselves, our little eight-year-old. We always have him ask one question. Okay, what's the question? Hi, Michelle. I'm Michael. I mean, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm a girl. <laughs> he's, he's turning you into a girl now. Huh? Uh, what's your question, young man? Uh, my question is, what's your favorite food? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, it's a toss-up between chicken curry and Italian spaghetti. Mm. Which one do you like? Pizza. Oh, I should have said pizza. <laughs> do, you, do you like any of the Disney cartoons, characters? 
You know, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon. Yes, but you know, I used to watch Disney. Do you know who Donald Duck is? Uh, yes. He's right here. <laughs> is that cool? Yes. Wow. Donald gets a cold. He can sneeze really loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, give, give me one more. Come on, give me another question. Let's go. What do you got? Give me another question. That's hard. <laughs> Ask me what my favorite drink is. What's his favorite drink? Ask him. What's your favorite drink? Water. <laughs> water. You like water? Yes. You and know, juice. And juice. Okay. You know, what's funny is when when he was little. Um, we would go to like Panera, and if we just got him water, he was excited. Really? So he was always been really easy. They got good bread at Panera. <laughs> and breakfast, those breakfast waffles, forget about it. They're like this big. <laughs> bye, be thanks. Okay, bye, bye. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he loves. Uh, he's been in most of the episodes. He and we've got a 22 month old little daughter that when she gets older, we plug in her because we are a family affair show. Ever ask me a question right now? I'm just kidding. God, God. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, what's next for you? Well, <clears throat> two things. I mean, I'm working on a, a superhero cop film. Because you know the superheroes are out, the Avengers, the Justice League. I mean, people have gone crazy. And I, and I don't think they're burned out yet. But what if all the big famous cops could get together that we love? And they went out and there was a, a call from, you know, and they had to use the police because they don't trust the federal government. No, oh, wow. So they got to go get, you know, the John McClane's and you know, the, ah. the, the James Bonney, put them all together. But I, I wrote a script. I love that. I wrote a script, copy wrote it. We actually got two of the big boys involved already. Hired an entertainment attorney that's been trying to get the rights. And we have a funding group that could put a lot of money into it if I can acquire at least five of them. Hmm. Anyway, I that was one. But what I'm really doing is I'm doing a thing called The Man Who's Stuck in the Haunted House. Yeah. So my character, I'm producing it. I'm not going to direct it. Producing and acting. I, I own some haunted houses, and these kids keep calling me, telling me the haunted one of the houses is haunted. A haunted house that's haunted. They go, come on. <laughs> and there's some maintenance problems. So I go down to fix it out and check it out, but I can't leave. When he gets in there, he's stuck in his house. He can't leave. Everybody leaves at night, and he has a barrier that he can't get through. But earlier in the day, as he's watching all the patrons coming in, and the clients, and the kids are screaming, and the chainsaw guy's chasing them. It's a fun thing. He goes into a room, he sees a bunch of heads cut off on a table. He goes another room, someone's at night, those people come to life. So he's in there and all those heads are talking. There's no bodies. And there's one lady complaining, I want my body. I can't find my body. Where's my body? <laughs> I lost my car keys. I want my car keys. Another guy's hungry, big head. You know, I want a sandwich. I'm freaking starving over here. Hey. So you got <laughs> all 11 characters doing something, and this guy's going to help him. And he's trying to go through windows and find a way he can never leave. So, But in the daytime, he mingles. He sees the kids, everybody coming in. And the heads are frozen. Nobody's talking. At night, they come to life. It's 11, 11 episodes we want to do. Got some YouTube guys that get 24, 25 million views helping me. Oh, wow. 
we're going to be able to get this thing, crank it up 12, 15 million views and then take it to net, some big company. Go to Amazon, go to Netflix, whatever. Say, look, we're getting millions of views on this thing. That's what we want to do. And um, this big, big cliffhanger at the end. Oh, wow. And a big, big, big second season, almost as big or better than the first season, if I can pull it off. Then El Coyote, my other movie, that's right there behind me, right, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Um, it did really well in the box office against the Joker. It's doing really well digitally. So there's uh, a couple of Italian guys that have a show. They try to do it as takeoff on the Sopranos. They called me up saying, hey, we want to combine your cast with our cast. We want to do a big show. After a while, we decided, hey, wait a minute. They're trying. Their show's terrible. It got canceled. Do you got to go? No. Door opened up, so I got a glance. Got a couple more minutes. Talked to my managers and agents and stuff like that, and they made a call to Netflix, and they go, look, we don't want to do the, the cliche Italian stuff. We don't want to do Godfather and Goodfather. We want to do something different. So. Yeah. Paul Addis has got a writer. He's an Emmy award-winning writer and director that has shows on Netflix. He wants to write it. We wrote a script. They didn't like it. So we changed it. So my character in the movie is the same. I'm a witness protection. I got Italian restaurant. But now oh, wow. we're cleaning cash for the cartel. We killed the cartel in the movie. But I'm cleaning. Yeah. And every episode is a cliffhanger. Someone's going to get whacked. You can't find the money. So And then the, a lot of the Italians won't show up until the end of the show. Maybe one or two will be working it. But I'm going to be... Uh, uh, Walter White of Breaking Bad in this character. Except, except I'm um, Spence, Stone Spencer, but I'm really Nikki, Nikki somebody from New York, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's the two shows that we want to do. They're developing it right now, and they should be able to get the funds directly from a network. And the other little, the Haunted House one, we're going to have to do ourselves. It's a comedy. It's not really scary. Yeah, so, uh, I love that. So as we come to a close here, um, what advice would you give a newbie actor that's, you know, maybe they've had a few commercials that they've been in, maybe one or two shows where they had maybe like one scene. So they're still getting their feet wet, but they feel that this is where they're supposed to be. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Go back home and mom and dad, forget it. Go back to, <laughs> go back to Iowa. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's the same, same thing that Bert, told, Bert Reynolds told me. It's like, you know, you have a dream. This is what you believe you're going to do. You feel it. It's in your blood. So first one, never give up. That's one. Follow your dreams. Reach for the stars. Find some kind of a feeling to harness, to put it inside, something that motivates you, whether it's running, jogging, making love, forget drinking. But whatever it is that you've yeah. done in your life, maybe you did get a role. Remember how excited you were when you got that little role or you did something on stage at home or your first girlfriend, or when you got your driver's license, whatever it is, got to find something to reach for that's bigger than acting. So, mm -hmm. like me, I want to go to space. Even, I know I'm getting old, but I want to go. I don't care about Mars. I want yeah. to go to Proximity Centauri, you know, Alpha Centauri. I want to go hell out of the solar system, right? It's never going to happen, but I had that dream. I want to go that far away. And because I want to go so bad, I really do. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm envy of Elon Musk. But I want something better. No, I don't want a little rocket. I want a spaceship. You yeah. know, I'm a, a Trekkie, you know? So that's my, so I have that huge goal. So find a goal that you can barely reach for and harness that freaking feeling and never quit, never get up. And if you get told you're ugly or you're too fat or you're too small, get back up. Deal and do with it again. It. 
good again. And at night, just forget it. Go to sleep, forget it. Because you got you'll have sleepless nights. You're always worried. What you gotta do is you gotta go home and just tune it over with. Forget it. what are you gonna do? What's gonna happen that night? Nothing's gonna happen while you're sleeping. Nothing. <laughs> sleep and forget it. Let's go forget sleep it. like a baby. And don't worry about it if you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're missing a tooth. That doesn't freaking matter because there's all kinds of projects out there. You're going to get hired. Just keep going and work your way up the ladder with your agents. Try to find a better agent all the time. I love, 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 love that advice. We really enjoyed having you on the show today. And you know what? We definitely look forward to having you back down the road because I'll be awesome. I'd love to come back down the road. I got the alien picture coming out called Carolina's Calling. It's a funny, funny movie with big star <laughs> Stacey Dash from Clueless. I got oh, wow. Junior in it. I got a kid Goldberg for the Goldbergs. Jacob Hopkins are in it. It's a big movie. And we just got the Prague Philharmonic to do our score, who did Star Wars. They're doing our, our score right now. The movie will be done in January. It should be out in March. Love it. We'll definitely have you back for that. Yeah. Thank you. You have, have a great day. I appreciate it. Say goodbye to your son. Will do. Okay. We'll talk to you real soon.